Okay, so I'm so excited to have our next guest. Um, her cause is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I think that she's doing amazing uh, things in this space. Uh, Sharon Hennifin, do I, am I pronouncing that right? Right, Hennifin. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's my greatest years. But you are an amazing uh, breast cancer advocate. Uh, you are a co-founder, an author, and a cancer survivor. And I'm just so honored that you're taking this time to do this. Uh, welcome. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. So can you tell us like how you got started in this whole journey? Well, uh, unfortunately, I don't think you set out to become a breast cancer advocate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to be? When you grow exactly. Up? Yeah. But uh, at 40, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, of course, it came out of left field. I'm, you know, I'm raising three kids, working yeah. full time. You know, I mean, it's yeah. the, the normal story. And yeah. uh, last thing you expect um, is to be diagnosed with breast cancer. So right. Right. got through all of that. And then my doctor started asking me if I could talk to some of his patients. Oh. after I got done with all my junk. And uh, wow. so, so I started doing that. And um, uh, this was back 26 years ago. So in 1993 is when I was diagnosed. And so mm -hmm. um, uh, fast forward a few years, my very good friend got diagnosed with breast cancer. And oh, after, after going through it myself, I knew what somebody really needed. And mm -hmm. um what was missing in the in the cancer realm for myself mm -hmm. so i was able to help her out in a way that you know i wasn't able to ask for help and mm -hmm. and uh i didn't know what i needed at the time even when people mm -hmm. did ask so right. i was able to help her out and then <clears throat> after she got through her battle Fast forward a couple years um, further, so then it would have been 2000. Um, mm -hmm. She and I uh, literally were uh, having lunch after her. She had another scare, and I mm -hmm. was with the doc with her at the doctor, and mm -hmm. we had lunch. And she said, uh, "We started talking about what was missing in the breast cancer world." And be mm -hmm. before that lunch was over. Um, mm -hmm. we were starting an organization. So. Wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So it was a pretty, pretty interesting way of starting, but, um, for the next, well, it's almost been 20 years ago now that wow. we started Breast Friends. Incredible. And, um, it's hilarious by the way. I love that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's a cute name. And literally at that lunch, we came up with the name wow. and really what we wanted to do. And part of what we wanted to do is to make sure we were teaching the friends and family how best mm -hmm. to support the woman who was going through it. Because again, it's really hard to ask for help. Yes. And a lot mm -hmm. of times you have no clue what you want and, uh, yeah. or what you need. And mm -hmm. so um, having friends and family who are proactive, who will say, Hey, I'm making a big batch of spaghetti. You know, what time can I bring over your, mm -hmm. you know, the half of it to you, you know, sort right. of thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was kind of the beginning of breast friends and, it has happily morphed into so much more. I did um, retreats and workshops. I have a book that I call Thriving Beyond Cancer, which is the same title as mm -hmm. my um, 
the retreat that we would do. And mm -hmm. again, it's like when you're done with treatment, uh, mm -hmm. you're not real, you're not really done. And a lot right, of our yeah. friends and family don't get that. And mm -hmm. so you're actually able to process the emotional part probably after the fact more so yeah. than you can during it. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Like the fact that your doctor asks you to speak to his patients, that speaks volumes to me. And like you keep, to, uh, and I think as, as somebody who whose mom did go through breast cancer and everything, and I, I totally relate to what you're saying. So my question is like, what do you think is missing from like traditional breast cancer treatments? Well, again, I think um, <clears throat> that's why we started Breast Friends was because mm -hmm. we definitely wanted to be able to offer that emotional piece. And mm -hmm. I think even even now, even with lots of organizations um, <clears throat> like Breast Friends, still the, uh, that emotional piece, that psychosocial piece is still missing many, many times, um, especially mm -hmm. for <clears throat> our ladies who go metastatic. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. because it's so scary. I mean, people are like, I don't, you know, I don't want to get close to you. It might, <laughs> you know, you might die. I mean, that's, that's the reality yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think are the emotional? Cause I remember my mom saying to me, like before she got breast cancer, she was feeling really emotionally bad. Like, I don't even know what word to describe it. So like, can you tell us like what sort of emotions were, were going through your head and maybe some of your, um, you know, people that you work with, the survivors, like what are some of the emotions that breast cancer patients go through? Well, <clears throat> I think at first is, you know, like I mentioned, it kind of comes uh, out of the blue yeah. <clears throat> in most of our cases. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what ends up happening is you're scared to death. You, you yeah. think you're going to die. I mean, yeah. absolutely. You know, when you hear the word cancer mm -hmm. um, connected with you, you know, that's our first response is that you're going to die. Mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest time, honestly, um, is before you actually have your treatment plan. Once we, as women, tend mm -hmm. to have our plan, we can work yeah. our plan. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that space where it's very much unknown, I think that's um, a very, very scary time for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we have been able to figure out, okay, this is, I've caught it early. I'm going to do this kind of treatment and I'm going to, you know, I have this many weeks to do it in and so on and so forth. Then I think we can kind of settle down and kind of settle yes. into the rhythm and get through the mm -hmm. treatment. Then the next scariest time is when the doctor says, yay, you're done. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, good. But now what do I do? And now you feel like a, um, a ship without a rudder. I mean, literally out in the middle of the ocean without any paddles. I mean, it's, you, you just feel like you're drifting afloat. And it's a very scary time because you don't know if it's going to come back next week, mm -hmm. next month, yeah. next year, if it's ever going to come back. Right. Um, and if it does, is it going to be that much work? I mean, there's just so much unknown. And yeah. then you're worried about what you're eating. Did I cause it? Um, mm -hmm. What can I do to make sure it doesn't come back? Um, and, and honestly, you, you go through a very 
reflective period of time trying to figure out what you can do to just you know move forward yeah absolutely like you 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 describe everything perfectly i feel like um also it inspires you to do everything like you didn't think was important I don't have a very good I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, better. Yeah. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. So do you have a favorite breast cancer joke? <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not the most humorous person in the world, but I do have to admit I'm not I've got, to, I've got to steal this one from my friend, Becky Olson, who started Breast Friends with me. Mm -hmm. And she actually does um, stand up and she actually oh, will, it. you know, she actually speaks all over the country and she's Whoa. just ama amazing. But she, she, um, when she had her surgery done, uh, she had a lumpectomy with, um, uh, radiation, which tends to make one breast much smaller than the other mm. one. Mm -hmm. And so she would, you know, laughingly tell people, you know, she has um, the the small perky boob and then she has her 42 long um, on the <laughs> other side. And then, and then, um, you know, she would actually put a prosthesis in to kind of compensate for um, the one side being so much smaller than the <clears throat> than the natural side. <laughs> and oh then, and <laughs> and then when she, um, it, and uh, you know, who knows if this actually happened, but <clears throat> it's a good joke. So mm -hmm. she, yeah. she, her, <laughs> yeah. she and her husband are you know in bed together and she's reading this great book and she's got her flannel jammies on and she's comfortable yeah. and you know he gets a little frisky and yeah. and she she reaches over to her nightstand and grabs her prosthesis and says start with start without me <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh she's so hilarious i love it why are breast cancer patients so hilarious <laughs> Like, well, I guess if you're not laughing, you might be crying, right? That's true, that's true. Yeah, because I like my mom was like a very funny woman, and like I think I think part of her humor was why she like just went on for so long. She told me like she was in this room with this lady that annoyed her, so like she flicked a booger into the lady's bag and she started laughing. So oh. that was her way of like coping with <laughs> cancer. Um, <laughs> but I think you, you, you just have to, you know, it's just like, because like before I did this uh, podcast, uh, somebody told me like, hey, breast cancer isn't funny. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah, it can be, it can be very funny. But at the yeah. same time, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. the humor um, if you haven't been there, done that, uh, it may not feel good. Yeah, it's like, what the hell you. is wrong with these people? <laughs> so, yeah, th thank you for that. So, like, um, what do you suggest people going through breast cancer? Like, how do you suggest them to cope with it? If they're going through scary times, like, uh, like what, 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 in your opinion, has worked for you? And maybe what hasn't worked for people in the past? Well, <clears throat> my, my suggestion, honestly, is to, um, to really uh, live each day. I mean, yeah. the, the bottom line is none of us are promised tomorrow, right? Yeah. Whether so you have breast cancer, whether you, you know, have other um, serious diseases, 
the reality is all we have is today. And so to live your best today, and you know, if you're going through treatment and today's a rough day, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and, and hopefully tomorrow will be a better day. Mm -hmm. And looking for the little wins, the little things that you can do until you can get your stamina back, until you can get your energy back and be mm -hmm. able to kind of feel like you're joining the human race again, because yes. there are times where, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you're like, I don't care if it's Christmas yeah. or New Year's or what, I don't care. I got to sleep. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so true. <clears throat> so true. So like, what do you suggest, like family and friends? I mean, you, you, you hinted at it a little bit before, um, but how do you suggest um, like friends and family to deal with? It's like, should they just cry at their bedside or like what, what would make, uh, make the cancer patient feel better as a family member or friend? Well, <clears throat> I think not making assumptions about things because a lot of times we're very misinformed. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. You know, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're feeling, what they're thinking. And so yeah. you know, on honestly, just asking them, you know, um, and don't have the big old pity look on your face when you're asking, yeah. you know, you're, you know, they're, they're most likely going to get through this. Now, obviously there are situations when your cancer gets really, really, really bad. Um, <clears throat> it does take people's lives, but most of the time um, you are going to get through this. Um, if you're going through it yourself, or if you, this family member or friend of yours is going through it, um, that's the one nice thing about getting cancer is even if it's going to get you eventually, it's not going to do it very quickly. In most cases, you have time, mm -hmm. Yeah, you have time to, to, you know, make good, um, on, maybe some of the bucket list things you have time to yes. say what you need to say, say your apologies, you know, so you don't have regrets when you do go. Um, yeah. but, but generally speaking, um, that's the extreme situation in most of our cases, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to live through it and you're going to bounce back. It's never going to be fast enough, but you will get through this and your family and friends really need to give you time. They need to give you grace. They need to understand that this is a life, um, life altering kind of experience and it's going to take some time to get through it. And even when the treatment's over, you're not done yet. Mm -hmm. I love that. So it's just really solid advice. So can you um, share with us, what are your thoughts on the uh, Susan B. Komen Foundation, like the Breast Cancer Foundation? Well, there's a lot of amazing organizations and Susan G. Komen is just one of those organizations that has been around for a number of years. I think it's, you know, they've had races for probably 30 years at this point. Um, <clears throat> I know in Portland, they, they're over 25. And it's, it's one of those things where I, they, have, they have created the awareness that we as individuals really have needed to understand a little better um, how breast cancer works. Their, mm -hmm. their whole thing though is on making sure you have early detection, that you get your mammograms and mm -hmm. 
I think that is the, a huge message that whether you're in um, our country or uh, other countries, uh, early detection does save lives. And, um, and so making sure that you know what normal is as far as what your breast tissue feels like. And when you feel something different, go get it checked. Um, go to your doctor once a year and get a clinical exam. And of course, mammograms in our country. Um, <clears throat> make sure that when you um, turn 40, if you haven't had your first mammogram already, please go get one. Just have a baseline so people, so, so the doctors know what, what you, what that baseline looks like. So if there are any changes, they can, they can uh, compare them and, and know what, um, what the difference is. So um, do you personally think there's like an emotional lifestyle component that causes breast cancer? I lost you again, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Hello? Are you there? Yeah, you hear me? You're just Hello? really low, there you are. Okay, yeah. So do you feel like there's an emotional or lifestyle cause to breast cancer? Um, <clears throat> the number one and number two risk factors for breast cancer are being a woman and getting older. Oh man, that's, that's it. Wow. That's, that's it. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. now, I thought you were going to say smoking or something. <laughs> nope. Um, now, now the, do, you know, obesity, um, not having enough vitamin D, um, uh, smoking, drinking too much, these different things. Yes. Can they raise your risk factors? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the number one and number two factors are the, that you're a woman and you, um, are getting older period. Man. Yeah. That is so, very direct and very true. Yeah. I, I can only say that. Um, okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. So who okay. do you think is the funniest person in the universe besides you and me, obviously, who's like the third <laughs> most funny person? Um, good question. I would say Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> yes, I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty, pretty talented woman. Yes. Is she your favorite comedian? Do you have other favorite comedians? Um, you know, there's, there's a few other people people um you know I'm, I'm aging myself but you know like steve martin i love his yeah, he's, he's movies awesome. and everything things like that yeah. jim carrey you know yeah um uh you know people like that but yeah uh, you know i'm not necessarily a big stand-up person but yeah yeah they're they're hilarious so um if you rolled uh i mean I, okay maybe maybe do this one how did breast cancer change your life before and after well, in my case, uh, breast cancer changed my life in that it gave me um, it gave me some direction. It gave me actually a purpose mm. for, for my life. Um, right. You know, even now that I've retired from Breast Friends, which is that organization that I helped create, mm -hmm. I'm I'm working on another nonprofit organization nice. that's that's uh, breast cancer oriented. But this one is. Um, more international, and hopefully oh, we'll be saving lives by teaching uh, self-breast exams, clinical exams, and uh, breaking down some of the barriers that women in places like Malawi, Africa are uh, dealing with. Mm -hmm. 
so it's it's changed my life a lot (laughs) i love it so um i i okay so let's do some hypothetical questions if you rule the world what would you do (laughs) if i ruled the world i would get the breast cancer world (laughs) um yeah because i i don't know that i would be the best ruler that's for sure um i'm kind of the task person Mm -hmm. so i would probably get somebody else to rule the breast cancer world or the world Mm -hmm. whatever um yeah and and they can (laughs) delegate to me what what needs to be done I'm it. I'm a I'm a people person. I'm the one-on-one kind of person. I'm the, um, you know, I can do workshops and retreats and things like that that are very personal. But, you know, I'm not necessarily the, uh, the uh, CEO type either. Mm-hmm. I love that you have so much like self self awareness, of which I have none. That's why I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So. Can you share with us, like, if you could do anything over again, like, if anything, like, what would you do over? Mm, good question. Um, you know, the last, probably when I was younger, there's a few things that I might have, have chosen, but I've gotten way past those things. So, you know, honestly, in the last um, 25 years or so, um, I would have said probably just start traveling. Um, yeah earlier than I did because the last like five to ten years I've done a lot of amazing travel and I love it and mm-hmm. uh, uh, want to do more and that's one of the reasons that I'm you know doing the work with Breast Advocates International because I'm going to go to Malawi Africa Woo-hoo! in March for instance awesome. you know, so, so it, it gives me some opportunities that I may not have had otherwise but anyway that I probably would have traveled sooner Mm-hmm. I love that. So, yeah. wow, this is so amazing. So, like, how can we get connected with you? Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing now, and how can we uh, get in contact with you? Uh, absolutely. Um, my email is Sharon Hennepin at gmail.com. So, S H A R O N H like in Harry, E N like in Nancy, I F like in Frank, I N like in Nancy again at gmail. And uh, I also have um, a website for uh, breastadvocatesinternational.org. And that's the project I'm working on now, which is the um, uh, helping women in in underserved countries uh, learn that breast cancer doesn't have to be a death sentence, basically. So that's that's my new work. And... uh, I'm also a life coach and I have my book on Amazon, Thriving Beyond Cancer. So lots of ways to reach me. I love it. You're just like uh, what they call a triple threat, but in uh, <laughs> I love that. Right. So, yeah, seriously. I enjoyed this interview so much. I resonated with so many things that you said. I so appreciate your time and I uh, hope to have you on future episodes to come. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>